Welcome to another episode of Emmy's Insight. It's your host, Emmy, and today's episode, it's going to be a little bit of an educational science-y one. We're going to be having a chat about metabolism. So what it is, can you change it, what determines your metabolism, and what are the components that make up or determine your total energy expenditure, or in other words, the amount of calories you burn or your body uses each day. Okay, so the reason I wanted to make this episode and have this chat is because there's a lot of misconception and because, you know, the diet industry or the weight loss industry or just the health and fitness industry in general has a lot of uneducated and misinformation out there. I think this topic is something that can be quite misinterpreted or misunderstood, especially with the the wealth of um, misinformation out there. I've seen some questionable posts that yeah, that can just spread the wrong message. So I just thought that this would be a good chat because it is something quite relevant to everybody. Um, you know, we all metabolize, we all need energy every single day to survive. So I thought that this would be an interesting topic to have a chat about. So let's start off with metabolism. What is metabolism? Often when people say the word metabolism, they think of how many calories a person needs in a day or uses so for example if someone's thin they might think oh they just have a fast metabolism and mean oh they just use a lot of calories so their metabolism is quick we'll get into all the things that determine the amount of calories somebody expends or needs in a day which has a lot of factors that influence it but metabolism is actually the process through which our body converts food into energy and that energy is needed to sustain life and to support our bodies to just survive as well as to fuel activity. So metabolism is the sum of all the chemical reactions in the body that change the food that we consume into this energy. So beginning with the food we eat, we'll digest that and our digestive system will break down our food into the units we use as energy sources. So most people know that the three macronutrients are carbs, fats and proteins and each of those are broken down into smaller units. Carbohydrates will be broken down into simple sugars like glucose, which is the main energy source our brain and body uses for fuel. Fats will be broken down into fatty acids and proteins into amino acids and they're broken down using enzymes and then once they're broken down, our body tissues will need those to survive and use as energy to keep functioning. So we need energy for so many, for survival, but for so many different processes. Basically, all the processes that we need to survive, like our heart beating, energy for our muscles, nerves, cells, transporting nutrients to the cells to provide that energy, getting rid of waste products, digestion, breathing, basically everything. So that's what metabolism is. Now for every individual, the amount of energy that someone will need to sustain their body will differ greatly between everybody. When I say the amount of energy, this is also interchangeable with the amount of calories because calories are a unit of energy. That's just how we measure it. So whatever is easier in your head or makes more sense to you, just think of it like that. So energy is calories, it's kilojoules, all the same thing. So yeah, that will differ so greatly between everybody. And I wanted to chat about the different things that, the different components that make up how our total energy expenditure or calorie expenditure over a course of a day or 24 hours. So the biggest, biggest component of our energy expenditure is our BMR, our basal metabolic rate. So this is what a lot of people mean when they think of metabolism because it's the amount of energy that you burn at rest. 
So how many calories somebody will use at rest. If you have a high amount of calories that you use at rest, then someone might think you have a fast metabolism because you can sit all day and you burn heaps of calories. But there is a lot more that goes into it and that's what I'm going to talk about now. So BMR is how much that energy that you use just to survive, just to keep functioning. If you were in a coma and you were comatose, so you're just lying, you're unconscious, you still need a certain amount of energy to survive. So if someone's in a coma in a hospital, they will be tube fed to get in energy while they're still, you know, they can't eat, they can't drink. So the tube feed will still give them energy. And this might, this will differ depending on the person's body size, depending on lots of other factors, but it will be, I'm just going to give you a random number for some people. It might be 1500 calories. Um, And that's how much they need to be unconscious, to keep going. So the reason we still need lots of energy just to keep our body functioning is because there's lots of processes that need energy in the body to survive. As I was saying before, like breathing and transporting nutrients to cells, keeping your heart beating, even maintaining your body temperature. So humans have a very strict range for a core temperature to be at and I'm pretty sure it's around 37 degrees celsius a couple of degrees above this range you have a fever and a couple of degrees below that range you will be hypothermic as in hypothermic not hyperthermic hypo is cold hyper is hot Um, so you need to maintain a core body temp because outside of the core body temp important enzymes that keep your body surviving and metabolizing will denature or break down Um, Other things we need it for is just our blood circulation, repairing cells and all the processes that are constantly happening to keep us alive. That uses a lot of energy. I've said before, I think it was in a YouTube video, humans are very inefficient species. So we use so much energy all the time just to survive. And that's why we constantly have to eat throughout the day. Um, Other species are way more efficient. They don't use as much energy to survive or to do activity. So they might need to have I can't think of a species off the top of my head, but they might only need to have like a big bolus or meal of food every couple of days or once a week. And then they like hibernate or they just don't use as much energy. Humans do use a lot of energy. So we have to constantly, you know, get in 2000 to 3000 calories each day, depending on your size and energy requirements. So the biggest proportion of the amount of calories that we need in a day is going to come from our BMR, our basal metabolic rate. That is the largest proportion of our total energy expenditure or the calories we use in a day. And it's going to differ, as I said, with different types of populations. It is super high in people who are growing like children, maybe people who are pregnant. And it's also quite high in people with a lean body mass. So when you have more lean tissue, so more muscle mass, less fat tissue, um, not necessarily less fat tissue, but if you have more muscle mass, That uses a lot more energy because it is metabolically active tissue. So even when you're at rest, having more muscle mass on you means your basal metabolic rate is going to be more. So that is one of the ways that you could increase your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, which is building muscle mass. Not necessarily the act of building muscle mass burns a lot of calories, for example, weightlifting, but we'll get into the physical activity side of it further down the track. Right now, we're just talking about the at rest side of it, the BMR, sorry, your BMR. So even though your BMR makes up the greatest percent of how many calories you need in a day, the more active you are, the less proportion 
of that total energy expenditure will be contributed to by your BMR. Okay, let me give you a random example to make sense of this. Let's say we have two people. One person is a very, very active, let's say they run marathons. The second person is a relatively sedentary person and they don't really exercise. Let's call our marathon athlete, let me think of a name off the top of my head, Marlene. I just thought marathon, Marlene, rhymes. Let's call our sedentary person, Sarah. Sedentary Sarah, marathon Marlene. (laughs) They were the first names that came to the top of my head. Don't ask. Anyway, okay, so marathon Marlene, (laughs) she burns 2000 calories a day because she does so much running training so much running training because she burns so much energy through running like more than 50 percent of her energy expenditure is going to come from physical activity this is such an unlikely case most people like sedentary sarah will have most of their energy intake coming from bmr basal metabolic rate how much your body uses to survive this is like 99% of the population. I'm using Marathon Marlene as an extreme end example, very extreme end example. So let's say Marlene's total calorie expenditure for a day is 4,000 calories and she um, burns 2,000 calories through her training. That means 50% of her energy is um, expended through physical activity. 50%, that's a huge amount for physical activity. And that is so rare. Um, Whereas most people will be like sedentary Sarah, where say she burns 200 calories active a day, um, say her total energy intake is 2000 calories. That means 10% of her um, energy or calories that she uses a day is from physical activity. So most of it is going to be from BMR. This could be like 70 or 80% or maybe even more. You might be wondering, hang on, if 80% of her like total calories used in a day is from BMR and 10% is from physical activity, what is the other 10, what are we at? 90%, yeah. What is the other 10% um, where, what, yeah. Where, where, what about the other 10%? What, where does that go? We will get there because there's more factors than just BMR and physical activity. There's a few other factors and we'll get there. But let's just stick at our BMR and physical activity chat. I know the Marathon Marlene example is very um, extreme. So it might have, I probably have confused people here. Basically, all I'm trying to explain with that example is the more active you are, the less proportion of your total calories in a day um, burnt or used will come from your BMR. But for most of us, even people who are very active and say, you know, train for one to two hours a day, still probably about 70 to 80% of your BMR is going to come from, sorry, 70 to 80% of the total calories you use in a day is going to come from your BMR. That is the greatest number. And all I'm saying is that it will drop a little as a percentage of your total energy expenditure, the more active you are, but it's still very likely to be, I mean, not very likely, it is definitely the greatest contributor to, um, your total energy expended in a day. So people might think, oh, someone's BMR is going to be lower if they're a very, very large size human, which is actually not true. The more someone weighs, the more total energy is spent on their BMR. So they're going to have a greater BMR because they're 
larger. And the reason for this is because a larger human needs more energy to fuel their larger body. If you imagine, you know, carrying a 40 kilo barbell on your back, that is so taxing. So if someone is carrying a lot of extra kilograms, that is going to be so much more taxing on their body. So they're going to be burning more calories um, to support their larger size. And they also will have a greater muscle mass because often, I mean, often they will have a greater muscle mass because of carrying that extra weight. Their legs will have to get stronger and build muscle. However, as a relative percent, they're still, their body fat percent is so high that they're not like their body composition is still quite poor. Like as a percent, their muscle mass as a proportion of their body composition is quite low compared um, to someone with less body fat, if this makes sense. I'm, I think I'm <laughs> getting a bit um, convoluted in my explanations. Basically, someone who weighs more will have more energy spent on their BMR, um, but relative to their body weight, the amount of energy they use when adjusted for body weight is probably going to be lower than a smaller person. Okay, so let's summarize. Basically, BMR, basal metabolic rate, is the amount of calories or energy that we need just to survive at rest, and it is going to be impacted by your body composition. So if those with larger muscle mass or lean tissue will have a higher basal metabolic rate. Muscle mass also declines with age. So your BMR will slow as you age. And, you know, you always hear um, old people saying, oh, I can't eat like I did when I was 20. That is partly due to the fact that their BMR is going to be lower. Um, other things that affect your BMR is your height. So the taller you are, the greater surface area you have um, of skin through which heat is lost. So your um, BMR or metabolic rate will be higher. And the environment um, or the climate that you're in will affect your metabolic rate. As I said, one of the things that our body has to do is maintain homeostasis for our core temperature. So it has to thermoregulate. The body has to work so much harder in extreme environments like freezing cold temperatures or boiling hot temperatures to either conserve heat or remove heat and that's going to affect your like how many calories it uses it will use more to work hard and get your um, core temperature to that very um, small range that we have to stay in to be healthy for example in a super super cold climate your body will start to shiver so your muscles will generate heat through shivering and that's going to use more energy in super hot climates your cardiac output the amount of um, blood that your heart is pumping around the body to you know transport nutrients get oxygen where it needs to go in a super hot environment a lot of your cardiac output will be distributed to you know your the surface of your skin to remove heat rather than to muscles and organs that need it so your body's going to have to work extra hard to get more blood around the body so you can still get adequate amount to your muscles and organs but also get some of it redistributed to the surface of your skin to remove heat um, so you don't overheat and go hypothermic become hypothermic <laughs> so there's lots of factors that influence um how fast our metabolism is and it can change at different times you know if you're sick if you have a fever it will change if you build muscle mass it will change your hormones also have a great effect so your thyroid gland produces a thyroid hormone and that impacts metabolic rate so one condition where often a side effect is weight gain is hypothyroidism um is it thyroidism ism i don't even know if that's it but hypothyroid 
When your thyroid gland does not produce enough thyroid hormone, it will slow down your metabolic rate. And often a side effect of that is weight gain. And then the opposite end of that is hypothyroidism. And in this case, your thyroid gland produces way too much thyroid hormone and your metabolic rate is too fast. And so often weight loss is a side effect. And this is not a nice condition. There's so many other awful side effects for both conditions. So you know, it's not good to have either, but they are just some things that can affect your metabolic rate. So the only way to really change your resting metabolic rate is building muscle mass. And even then, it's not really going to change um, to a great extent the your total energy expenditure because that the biggest thing that can change that is physical activity and BMI is relatively um, out of your control because it's just how much your body needs to survive. It's dependent on your size and you can't really change how many calories like your body needs to survive, how many calories your organs need, your heart, your brain, your kidneys, your liver. It's going to be quite unique to each individual. Okay, let's go back to physical activity. So physical activity is one of the other components that contribute to the total calories or energy you use in a day. And this is definitely um, a unique one because it will differ greatly between individuals. As I said, Marathon Marlene is going to have a much greater percent coming from physical activity. Now, she's an extreme example. Let's say an athlete who does two hours of training a day, it's still only going to be 10 to 20% coming from physical activity. Plus, definitely probably more around the 20% mark because of how active they may be because BMR is such a great proportion. So obviously physical activity is the amount of calories that you use through exercise. So there's two categories of um, physical activity calories. One is just the regular energy you expend through exercise. And the other one is NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And that's basically the amount of calories or energy that you expend through movement that's outside of like regular exercise. So exercise activity thermogenesis or just physical activity, that's training. That's things like going for a run, working out and the amount of calories you burn doing those activities. Whereas all movement outside of that type of exercise, but it's still movement, it's still being active physically, that is NEAT, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And that is things like walking around your house, walking to the fridge, getting out of bed, brushing your teeth, taking the stairs, you know, getting public transport, even things like fidgeting, standing rather than sitting, cooking, all of those things where you're not sitting sedentary or lying, your body is still going to use energy to do those things, you know, mowing the lawn, walking upstairs rather than getting the elevator. That's why they always say, you know, when you can try and be more active, whether that is choosing the stairs over the lift. So all of those things burn more calories um, than we would actually expect. So you might think, you know, say we have two stay at home mums and one of them is like doing a lot of random stuff around the house but neither of them go out and do structured physical activity you would assume that they have a relatively similar um you know amount of energy expended through just like neat non-activity activity activity, non-exercise that is structured activity but if one of them is doing like a lot more just like walking around the house say one of them has a two-story house and they're walking up and down the stairs a lot whereas one just has a one-story house, they're going to have a lot more energy just expended through the random activities they do throughout the day. Say one, you know, plays with their kids a little bit more, does more washing and cleaning around the house, they will have a greater um, amount of energy expended 
And it's, you might think it's only like a very small difference, but it can actually add up to quite a lot. So that is why a lot of um, weight loss initiatives always, um, you know, advise or promote, take the stairs or park a little bit further away to do a little bit more walking because all of those things do add up and contribute to greater energy expended. So that is the physical activity side of things. And this is the component of total calories you use in a day or energy expenditure that you are the most in control of. So as I said, you know, you can to some very small extent increase your BMR by building muscle mass, but it's going to be a tiny, tiny extent. The greatest thing you have control over is physical activity. If you're going to go and train for a marathon, that is massive like you could be increasing the amount of calories that you burn by thousands depending on how hard your training is so that is why you know athletes have to really be conscious of getting enough energy in and fueling their body because they will start to break down if they're training a lot and not you know doing much about it I always see um like people that do bodybuilding comps getting their steps in um, making sure they get their 10,000 steps a day to make sure they stay lean um and uh, this is something I, uh, um, I don't want this to be like triggering at all. This is just from like a science perspective, always make sure you eat enough for your needs and for your body. So if you are getting more than 10,000 steps in a day, that's quite a lot of activity. So you will have a higher energy needs. Yeah, this is just for interest and some for thought, I guess. But whenever I see people like saying getting their 10,000 steps in, I always think like, like see why people that run have to eat so much because you are doing so much movement. And when you run, you're getting a lot more um, like metabolic equivalents expended because your heart rate is much higher. It's at a much more higher intensity that you get those steps done. So yeah, like that's why runners need so much energy often depending on your, you know, event and all the other things in your life that contribute to um how much energy that you need. So where was I? Physical activity. Yeah, that's the thing that you're in the most control of. So if you're getting your heart rate up more and you're moving more, your body will need more fuel to support that and you'll burn more calories. Now, the last thing that contributes to the um, amount of calories or energy you use in a day is a very, very tiny, tiny component. And it might even just be like, the smallest percent of energy cost. However, it is a component that does contribute to the amount of calories you use in a day. So, you know, it is worth noting. And that is the thermic effect of food. By this, it just means the energy needed to digest food. And basically, when you eat, you burn some calories to digest what you eat. So, this is a very small number. However, it will change and depend on the types of food or what you eat. So foods that are easy to digest and they take less energy to digest are things like highly processed foods like, you know, McDonald's, takeaway, basically junk foods, ice cream, chocolate, lollies. These things are much easier to digest and will have less thermic effect, less, you know, calories expended to digest those foods they are much more readily available to be absorbed and there's more available calories in those food for example if you eat you know chips it's not going to take your body much work to digest because they're quite low in fiber so your body just can get way more calories from that food whereas whole foods or especially foods high in fiber like vegetables and salads 
that takes so much more work for your body to digest. So less of those calories in that food is actually available to the body for energy. It needs to be used as well to digest that food. Um, So that's why they always say like apparently celery makes you lose weight because it's so low in calories and so high in fiber that as you eat it, it uses the calories from that food to digest it. So it's like negligent. Anyway, (laughs) Um, the three macronutrients that we touched on at the beginning of this chat were carbohydrates, protein, and fat. Protein is um, has the greatest thermic effect, which means that, you know, it takes the most energy to digest than carbohydrates. And then the lowest is fat. So most of foods high in fat just would be digested and it won't really take much energy to digest it. Basically, the takeaway from this is not to go and only eat vegetables. This is for information, not for you to abuse that information and use it to, you know, enact disordered eating if you are struggling from disordered eating patterns or overthinking calories which I know some people that listen to this will be that is something that psychological help can be really really great for and you know it's something that is a mental illness and it's definitely great to talk about it and get help for it because at the end of the day life is very short it's a gift and it's beautiful and it is for you to have fun to enjoy to thrive and to just love I've been in the place where I've just been consumed in my head consumed by overthinking calories overthinking food restricting myself starving and it's no place no way to live your life like you're never going to get that time back that you spent at war with yourself that time that you spent not living but just thinking of calories or food all of this information is just for education and knowledge but also you know it's not to be the be all and end all of your life life you know the whole point of this is to survive the whole point of food is to keep you going so you can enjoy your life and by any means I do not think of food as just fuel food is also enjoyment you know it's how we connect socially it's how you can enjoy you know celebrating things we go out for food you can bake things that taste beautiful and make you happy. So I think food is both for enjoyment and social aspects, but it is also for fuel, getting enough carbohydrates, fats, and proteins to support a healthy, functioning, and thriving body. Anyway, that was a bit of a side note just to have a little chat about this. What we're talking about in this podcast is so you understand how um, your body works, how the amount of energy you need in a day is you know, calculated, Um, but it's not for you to, I guess, abuse that information for hurting yourself or fueling a mental illness. If you know that that is you, please, please, please speak up about it. Talk to someone and try to make those really difficult changes to get better because life is short. You know that quote at the end of the day, at your funeral or when you're 80, no one's going to say, you know, isn't on your grave. It's not going to say, Deborah, she had a great thigh gap and lean stomach. Nobody cares. On your tombstone, it's going to say, loved and cared for by blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Tombstones are, this is such a random, like, <laughs> random side note, but just remember, this is not relevant to your worth or who you are as a person. This is just for information. So, I'm going to wrap this episode up. Basically, your metabolism is the sum of all the processes going on inside your body to 
break down food and use it as fuel and give the energy to your body that you need to survive and do activity. And the amount of calories that you need in a day or the amount of energy that your body expends in a day is made up of a couple of things. The greatest thing is your BMR, your basal metabolic rate. Then we have physical activity and there's both structured exercise, training, working out, and then neat non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So that is non-exercise activity such as fidgeting, dancing around the house, brushing your teeth, all that jazz. And then the last thing is the thermic effect of food. Basically foods higher in fiber take more energy to digest. That doesn't mean you should not eat junk food ever because balance in life and also you still need calories to survive as we just talked about. This was quite fun to do. I do like doing educational kind of videos where I have to like go through my notes and like make notes and make sense of it all. And sorry that sometimes I'll like just like not make sense of things because I don't communicate it clearly enough but I hope that this was interesting and that you learned something please let me know if you do like this style of video as always thank you guys so much for listening if you could rate and review this podcast on apple Podcasts, that really helps support the podcast give us a follow on instagram it's at emmy's insight and feel free to comment on any of the posts with just ideas that you would like to see because it really helps with um coming up with topics and <laughs> Yeah, so thank you so much for listening. I feel like I just remembered I have been forgetting to end episodes with a quote. So lucky I remembered for this one and I just looked up the um, funeral quote that I was trying to say earlier. So I'm going to end with that quote and it is, no one is going to stand up at your funeral and say, she had a small waist and a great thigh gap. (laughs) Just a small reminder that your body is not, it does not define who you are. It is does not define your self-worth or your value and you are so much more than that people don't care about what you look like it's fluctuating it changes throughout the lifespan people care about how loving and beautiful of a person you are and your soul sorry to get all deep like that but thank you guys for listening and i hope you join me in the next episode bye